Eagles Entertainment. I'm safety Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's mark at the 30, at the 40, at the 50. Malcolm Jenkins is going 99 yards for a touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Hi, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Insider Dave Spadaro with you. As we get ready for prime time in Atlanta, the Eagles and the Falcons Sunday night at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And we've got a great podcast for you here. We're going to talk to Hugh Douglas, former Eagles defensive end, now an Atlanta sports radio host for his perspective on the culture in Atlanta and the rabid, frenzied culture here in Philadelphia. We'll talk to running back Miles Sanders who made his NFL debut last week, and we're all excited about his future. And as the Eagles get ready for the Falcons, who struggled last week in their opening day loss to the Minnesota Vikings while the Eagles were coming back against the Washington Redskins, we begin our Eagles Insider Podcast with our weekly one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson. Doug, game one ended the way you wanted, a victory last Sunday. Uh, the emotional response is really important for week number two, going on the road, national TV, big game. Yeah, it's a big game. Um, Atlanta's a, a, you know, a playoff caliber team. Uh, they're uh, obviously coming off a, a difficult loss on the road themselves, so they're coming back home, opening up the stadium, first time you know, for them to be back home this season, regular season game. You know, we, we just got to have a great week of preparation. Um, you know, got to handle the crowd noise early. And, and really, you know, just play our, play our brand of football. Um, and, and that's kind of the message that I've had, you know, with the football team is let's just, let's just focus on us and, and get better at what we do. I imagine the confidence level this week really high after the way the offense and the defense turned things around, but particularly that offense, 300 yards plus in the second half, touchdown drive after touchdown drive. Does that carry over from one week to the next? Uh, it has to. Uh, in, in this league, you've got to be able to do that week in and week out. Um, and sometimes it's, it's harder than others. And, and you know, it's another set of challenges, and it's another defensive structure that, that our offense has to face. Um, but it just boils down, again, to our execution and what we do. And, and uh, you know, again, it goes back to practice, preparation. The guys got to put in a good work uh, week and uh, get ready to play. I think if everybody had said, hey, who's going to be the game one, one of the game one stars, with everyone in this offense, Darren Sproles' name would be well down the list. Yet he steps up and plays great on Sunday. Is this an illustration of just how deep you are and how versatile the offense is? Yeah, and, and you know, obviously, you know, you'd love to get the other guys some more some more opportunities, but Darren's a guy that, that, that we we count on, we lean on. Um, you know, he's a great role uh, model for some of these young backs, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, how he practices, Corey Clement. So, you know, we we just we just gotta keep keep him in the mix, um and and yet keep these other guys coming and, and uh you know, um it's been a running back by committee but but I think that as we go um, you know, Miles and Jordan will definitely have uh, a few more opportunities. Uh, Doug, um, what's the key for this Eagles defense against an Atlanta offense that held down last Sunday but explosive? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everything starts up front with our with our four four guys putting pressure on on, on Matt Ryan. Um, we got to clean up some some mistakes in the back end. There was communication errors in the back end in our first game that we got to clean up, and and because uh, they're explosive, they can be an explosive offense. They got some great weapons on the perimeter, so. You know, it's going to take a great effort down there. Um, but, uh, again, you, you put in the work uh, this week and, uh, and go play. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. It's time now to talk to Miles Sanders, Eagles running back, as the Eagles get ready for the Falcons. 
Time now to welcome into the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group, Eagles running back Miles Sanders. On Sunday, NFL debut. How was it? Uh, it was good. Uh, felt good being out there um, with the starters, you know. Uh, basically, just finally living my dream, you know, uh, watching the NFL since I was little. And finally being out there, you know, and playing, just flying around. Uh, Deuce, Deuce, the first thing Deuce told me was, he's, I'm going to play. And he's going to let me play. He's going to let me fly around. Just let me do – I mean, there's going to be mistakes, but everybody makes mistakes. Uh, come back correct and just get better each year. It's a long season. So, but, yeah, I feel good out there. So you literally were a little kid watching – who were your favorite players? Uh, everybody that was on the Steelers. <laughs> it was all. Were you a running? Were you always like a running back minded guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the bus and who else? I don't even remember the Steelers. Uh, Willie Parker. Oh yeah, ended yeah. Up being Deuce was there. Yep. Um, I say, my, my, but my first year ever playing football, I was a guard. Yeah, ninety eight. Right. I remember we talked about yeah, that. And then after every that year. coach should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> then every year after that, um, I, I played running back. So, but yeah, I I started really loving the game just being a Steelers fan. Yeah. And like everybody, if, you, if if people know Steelers fans, then they're crazy about football. So I'm always watching each Sunday, especially back then because they're really really good back then. So, but are you old enough to have celebrated six? Super Bowls? Oh no, 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 no! How many uh, Super Bowls did you I have? You seen, enjoyed in your life? Uh, three. We've been to three and won two. Okay. Yeah. Beat Arizona. Uh, beat the Seahawks. Beat in the Seahawks and then lost to the Packers. Packers. Yeah. Heartbreaker. Uh, we were always jealous in Philadelphia because the western part of the state always got to celebrate all the Super Bowls, and Eagles fans were always <laughs> like, "Well, we won NFL championships in '48, '49, and '60." Uh, that changed. Um, was it? Was the? Did you sleep well the night before uh, on Saturday night for the oh, yeah. Redskins game? So it, was, it wasn't like you were stressing at all about this. Nah, uh, absolutely. Um, the way the way I come up. Uh, like, I approach the game. I don't really get too nervous. I don't get butterflies. I mean, I get anxious, curious, you know, how the game's going to go, but nothing, nothing really nervous. Uh, I mean, I've been working my whole life for this, and that's kind of how I took it. Even coming here in training camp, uh, I had something to prove, and I'm still proving that, I feel like. But uh, I'm, I know a lot of guys is, is noticing my work ethic, and I, I come in every day just to work, and now that I play on Sundays, it's just I'm not going to take anything for granted. So I'm going to come in every Sunday and ready to play. Miles, so so you wake up. What time? Give me give me the whole rundown. So fan, fans want to get inside the life of Miles Sanders here. What time did you wake up on Sunday? I want to say I woke up at like 8. Okay. I woke up early. Good oh, shower? Like, yeah, woke up at 8, good shower. Are you by yourself? You have your own room? No, I was I was roommate with uh, Corey. Okay. Yeah, so uh, got a little shower. Um, he doesn't snore, right? He does actually. <laughs> Man's got to work uh, on his snoring. <laughs> but uh, yeah, woke up early. Um, got a shower. Got a quick little breakfast, and I I went to I got to the stadium around like he had to be there at eleven. I think I got there around like nine thirty or ten. And what do you do with all that time? Just just get my mind right. I just I feel like I need time to myself just to really just focus in and just get my mind right. Just just have peace and just listen to my music, have my headphones in, block everything out, and then just get my mind right for everything. Are you aware of everything around you? I always think it's really cool to get to a stadium way before it starts, the game starts, and like it's empty, and then you know gradually there's more and more people, and then all of a sudden you turn around, the place is just packed. Yeah. I always enjoy seeing it fill up and seeing everything around what's on the field, all the stadium workers who come in. Do you do you take Take notice of all that or are you kind of uh, in your own world yeah, a little bit uh i came out there we had like a on the field workout with with deuce around like uh 10 15 
uh, me me Spros and um, and Boston came out there and worked out with Deuce, uh, some catching drills, just getting our feet warmed up, uh, running around and stuff on the field, getting warmed up, and came back, kind of just having time to myself, just listening to music, getting dressed, and then when the first team comes out for stretches, which is the the returners and everybody. We got our equipment on, ready to go, go do some more warming up. And then the field is, the stadium is kind of filling up. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's it's starting to come. So like, that's that's when you really start getting hyped and stuff. And you're dancing to the music mm-hmm. and you're getting, everything. it was cool. And then did you, and then you go back in the locker room and then what happens in that, I guess it's about a, it's about a half an hour before you come back. What happens in that half hour? Oh, it's quiet. Real quiet. It's a big difference from preseason and regular season. Everybody's in there quiet, locked in. Yeah, come back out. Uh, still some silence, some time to yourself, and then Doug calls it up, and it's time to go out. And then uh, everybody goes out through the tunnel, and then the the flyover and the national anthem. Everything's so emotional. Are you at that point just completely zoned into? Yeah, I'm the completely game? completely locked in. I'm almost tearing up because it's like. This is something that I've been waiting for my whole life. When the national anthem starts coming on, it's like, all right, start getting chills. You start really thinking, like, all right, it's time to go. It's, it just gets you pumped up. It's exciting. Who was in the stands cheering you on, loved ones? Uh, my mom, my brothers, uh, my two brothers, uh, my sister, my aunt, uh, my mentor, my agent and my agency, and my girlfriend was nice. all there uh, to support me. Are they all wearing Miles Sanders yeah, jerseys? Yeah, they, they all were deep with Miles Sanders jerseys. Okay, yeah. so everybody in the stands knew that that was the Miles Sanders <laughs> yeah, section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when you get into the game, Miles, um, does it just become football, or is there a moment where you kind of go, "This is a little bit faster than, than uh, I've ever seen"? I mean, yeah, you can you can tell it's faster, but I mean, you just gotta adjust. Now, uh, each level, you gotta just turn it up a notch. We'll turn it up a lot in this in this league. But uh, no, I was I was just out there playing, man. I was out there having fun. Uh, just playing, you know, blocking, doing whatever I got, it. whatever my job was, I was doing, and just trying to do it the best my, best I can. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was fun out there. It's it's kind of wild. I mean, it must feel like okay. So you went through it last week, all the first time getting ready for a game. Now you're getting ready for a second game, and you've already done mm-hmm. it. It's like it, it's incredible how much you're a veteran already. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, well, we'll get into that later. The responsibilities of a rookie. What was it like to debut at Penn State? Um, it was. Again, Against Kent State, September 3rd, 2016, and you returned kickoffs. Was it as emotional and meaningful? Uh, as far as this well, passion? For you, this no, passion? For you, when you made the debut, when you were a freshman in college, I mean, look, it's you went through all of the youth football, you earned a scholarship, and then you make your college debut. Was it the same kind of emotional um, response that you had? Mm, I w- I'll say I was probably more... How can I say this? Um, I mean, I was excited for both, but I could say uh, college freshman year was probably more exciting, like being more excited to play in like bigger crowds and stuff, especially the place like Penn State. But uh, that was a different feeling that I felt uh, on Sunday. Uh, just, just everything coming all together. Just think about everything and how how I got here. This meant meant, meant a lot to me. And now that now that you're a pro, it's it's now it's just it, it is a it is a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, How'd you celebrate the victory? Uh, I didn't really do too much. My family stayed uh, till the next day, kind of just chilled with them the whole rest of the day and 
just relax. That's beautiful, man. Congratulations. Thank you. You feel like you belong. Yeah. You absolutely. feel like you're on top of the world right now. Absolutely. <laughs> but you, but I also it, then you all you look up and it's seventeen nothing. You're like, ooh, yeah. we, we got some work to do here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Miles, you scored a touchdown. It got called back, but in that instance. Uh, I, I remember watching you ran to the back of the end zone and you kind of looked up in the stands and cheered with the crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, is that how you're going to celebrate the first when when the first touchdown comes? My only advice to you, young fella, do not throw the football into the stands. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Uh, I was definitely going to keep that football. But mm -hmm. then, I mean, stuff, it, it got called back. But, uh, I mean, it's a long season, so I'll, I'll definitely get my first one soon and plenty more. Uh, coming to the season, but uh, yeah, that was that was a moment that I'll still never forget. It's a touchdown to me, so <laughs> it was a great run. <laughs> yeah, how how much of a benefit has it been for you to work with Darren and to work with Jordan and to work with Corey and just to kind of absorb their professionalism and and how they conduct their business mm -hmm. every year, every well, day, every moment of their life. Well, starting with one, uh, getting that type of advice and knowledge from a 15 year vet as a running back is is doesn't come along. A lot. So that's he knows, and everybody else knows. That's very rare. And the first thing I told him when I when I first met him, and he came to the, like came to the building after he signed his contract and everything, I told him I just I just wanted to let him know that you got all the respect out of me. I mean, but for him being his 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 uh, size and his position and 15 years in the league as a running back, that's that's not easy at all. And he has all the respect uh, for me. But uh, getting the knowledge from him means a lot. You know, he's he's very cool down there. He's funny, too. We always crack jokes in the room. But when it's time to get the business, uh, it's time to get the business. That's what I like about Sproles. He, he's, so, he's, he's a professional. So, like, and I'm trying to just uh, get everything off him, learn from him. And as far as the other dudes, they, they got three, four years under their belt, too. So getting their type of knowledge, too. Uh, helps a lot too. Yeah, and for Jordan, I mean, he got traded. I mean, it, Corey got hurt. I mean, everybody's got such an interesting story. When you first watched, met Darren, what was your reaction to his size? Uh, I mean, I knew he was he was, he was short, but uh, I, he, he he's stocky. Yeah, yeah, he 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 muscled up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> running backs have changed so much over the years. You know, I, I don't know who's the greatest running back in the history of the game in your mind. In the history of the game, it's either Barry or Walter. Okay, that's uh, that's fair. But back then, those running back they would carry it thirty times a game. They mm -hmm. were the they, that that that's not the way it is anymore. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing? Uh, I could say it's a good thing. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's backs that that love being a workhorse and that can that can take that type of pounding. But at the end of the day, the the, the league is is getting better and better in my opinion each year. I mean, players are getting like. Even a big like guys like the D line, D linemen are getting faster. Linebackers are getting faster. Uh, they're getting bigger. Like more freakish athletes are getting into the league because you usually have like those certain athletes that are just like freaks. But now like almost everybody in the league's a freak. So uh, a lot of a lot of backs can't take that pound. It's a long season. So if you got like a rotation, it's good and especially a productive rotation. Uh, that's also good. Miles Sanders, last year at this time, you were probably sitting in a classroom, mm -hmm. uh, taking what? What would a typical class have been uh, um, in your junior year at Penn State? I don't know, probably one of my communications class. Okay, like seven hundred people. Okay, yeah, <laughs> which is horrible. What What's harder, learning, uh, uh, taking classes? You know, striving for that GPA or learning an NFL playbook? Oh, classes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find it easy to learn the Eagles playbook? Uh, I find it 
uh, not just easy, but just it's it's something that I love. So, uh, like when I came, when I when I got drafted, or knew that I was coming to the NFL, my kind of one of my worries was kind of uh, just trying to learn the pro style type offense because I didn't run no type of pro style in college. It was straight RPOs, very simple, and it was just simple to us. So. But uh, I had a little worries just coming in, just seeing how fast I was going to learn it or how I was going to struggle with it. But I, I kind of picked it up fast. I wanted to really learn the pass protection first before I knew everything because it's easy to run run plays and, and have r- certain routes on different plays. I found that easy. But uh, I definitely wanted to learn, like, the protections and and all that type of stuff before anything. And, and I think I'm pr- catching on pretty good. Away from football, what are, you, what are you doing with yourself? Young man, NFL, big city, what's it like? Uh, I don't do too much. You can ask anybody. I don't do too much. I, I sit sit at home, relax. Uh, when I leave this building, I try to do every, everything I can related to football here. And then when I go back home, just relax. I mean, there's obviously nights where I feel like I got to get extra film time or, or anything like that. But I, I just relax at home. How about at Penn State? What's, what's the social life like up there? Is uh, it all football guys you're hanging out with? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, don't really hang out with like uh, other students. It's basically it's so many of us, so it's like I feel like I got all the friends I need right. up there. So, but uh, our days are much busier. And when we were in college, like from the beginning of the day to to the end, you're doing something. And then practice is in the afternoon. You got classes in the morning, and then like you're not done until like eight nine o'clock. So it's like either some nights you want to chill with the teammates, and some other nights. Will you get your degree, Miles? Yes, absolutely. Is that a goal of yours? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, football question, really only one here. Uh, Atlanta, Monday, uh, Sunday night, primetime game, primetime lights. Does it, is it a big deal to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Every game is a big game this, in this league. Uh, everybody's good in this league. Uh, nothing really, I mean, yeah, uh, it's, every game is a big game, and, and I'm excited for it. I'll tell you, the, the, I was going to get into this whole rap about f- running backs and how running backs through the, their lifetime, lifetime, get used on the football field. For, at, when you were 10 years old, we were running back, right? Mm-hmm. Were you getting the ball like 20 times a game? Yeah. And then when you were 13, you were getting the ball like 30 times a game? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you take such a beating when you're a kid. That it's it, you're you're so you must have known so many talented players who just couldn't their bodies just couldn't hold up to get to this level mm-hmm. right it, it really it's a tough position yeah. maybe the toughest position of all going through youth football high school football college football I, I agree believe, I would I agree okay <laughs> which is why it's great that you're you come here and you you've got fresh legs and you got a lot of great work ahead as a Philadelphia Eagle all right we've got five questions for Miles Sanders that don't necessarily have a whole lot to do with football. What are the responsibilities a rookie has with the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm talking about a rookie. Back in the old days, we know there was hazing. I know there's no hazing anymore, but what do you have to do with these guys? Well, everybody knows about my embarrassing uh, singing. Yes, yes. <laughs> in front of the whole, not just the team, but the whole staff. I didn't really notice the whole staff was in the back. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got a second time to do it, and I did better, so... They didn't let me go again. <laughs> uh, other rookie duties, I got to fill, keep the RB room filled with snacks and, and water. And I, I think it's every home game or away game, I got to get like a certain meal for the other running backs. It's chicken. Yeah. And it's the road trip because I've been doing this a long time. And you better give yourself a lot of time in case there's any 
uh, traffic yeah. on, on Saturday when yeah. we leave for so, Atlanta. So right after we leave, that I think we got a walk through the day we travel. So right after the walk through, I'm not talking to nobody. I'm grabbing my stuff and I'm out. <laughs> Go to Popeyes, get the chicken, and get onto the flight. Uh, was Corey your roommate in training camp also? Uh, no, Andre Dillard was. Andre Dillard. Uh, well, tell me, good good roommate, bad roommate. Keep the bathroom clean. Was he a yeah. clean guy? We, we didn't have no problems. It's just uh, he he kind of helped me in a way. Um, he. he he had the lights off at like 9.30 every time I walk in the hotel room. So it just made me go to sleep. I didn't really ask no questions. I mean, okay. everybody's tired. So I was like, I might as well get, get some right. sleep. So. Get some sleep in. Uh, what is the strangest autograph request you have ever had? Um, uh, I think somebody asked me to sign a baby. A baby? Yeah, and I didn't really feel too comfortable about that. Did you do it? I did. I did. <laughs> That's because they begged me to do it. But I, I didn't know what to Where? say. Where? Uh, on his arm. It wasn't on the forehead or anything, but it was on his arm. With a Sharpie? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. At college? Yeah, it was actually in college. I didn't really get nothing crazy here. I hope not, but... Not, it's, <laughs> still, it's still early. A baby. Okay, that's, that's a new one. Mm-hmm. If you could be a star athlete in another sport, what would it be? Mm, soccer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. And then finally, what is your, what is your plan when you score a touchdown? Do you have it in your mind... Uh, what you're gonna do? No, not really. Uh, it's kind. I guess I'd be too excited when I touch the end zone because it's like you don't know when you're gonna get back there. So I just kind of react with the fans. You know, team. It's. It's. I don't really have a singer to dance though. Maybe I'll get one soon. Do you, are you? I can't even remember. Do you know the Icky Shuffle? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe the Miles, the Sanders shuffle or something like All that. Right. <laughs> hey, Miles, thank you so much, man, for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast brought to you by our friends at Lincoln Financial Group. We've got more to get to here as we move along the Eagles and the Falcons Sunday night in Atlanta. Great stuff there from Miles Sanders. Now it's time to turn our attention to getting a perspective on the Atlanta Falcons. Also, obviously, talking a little bit about the old days with the Philadelphia Eagles and the new days. Uh, somebody I've always been a big fan of, really love him as a guy, loved him as a football player here in Philadelphia. Number 53, Hugh Douglas, caught up with him in training camp here at the Novacare Complex. And as the Eagles Insider Podcast marches on, Hugh Douglas up next. Well, the Eagles going to play the Atlanta Falcons here week two. And uh, I thought maybe no better guest than to... Join us here on the Eagles Live Podcast and former Eagles defensive end Hugh Douglas, who is now a radio host, of course. We know that in Atlanta. Uh, uh, difficult time when the Eagles play <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons for you. So let's talk about the culture of sports, Philadelphia and Atlanta. Not that we're taking anything away from Atlanta, no, but it is different. It's different. It's different. And I was, as a matter of fact, I was just telling somebody that today. It's, uh, you know, the culture here in, in Philadelphia is you go to the tailgate and before the game starts, you start to migrate towards the stadium. In Atlanta, it's not like that. You're talking about a tailgate where you have people that have television stuff set up. They have, like, dance floors and things of that nature. Dance floors. It's a different environment. Yeah. It is. And it's a fun time. And and that's why the city of Atlanta gets a, a, a bad rap for not being a great sports town. I think it's a great sports town. Uh, Atlanta United is doing extremely well down there, soccer team. But it's just different. It's different in the aspect that you have a lot of people from a lot of different places. They come in and they might adopt the Atlanta Falcons as their football team. But the social setting in Atlanta is what it's all about. So what is it like for you when the Eagles play the Falcons and you're on the radio and everybody knows that deep inside it's Eagles green? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm real analytical. 
I keep it real. Boring. I keep it real analysis. <laughs> I'm, I'm making up words as I go. I keep it real analysis. <laughs> and when people ask me, they try to nail me down and, and ask me who do I think is going to win. I've done that a few times. And I, I must say, the last couple times I've done it, I've been spot on mm-hmm. with my picks. But at the same time, it's gotten me, you know, people wanted to run me out of town. At the same time. So I'm just, you know, I don't want to deal with all that. So I just kind of keep it real vanilla. Okay. If the roles were reversed and you were in Philadelphia, having been a deep dyed in the, in the heart Atlanta Falcons fan, how do you think the fans would react here? How, what would the difference be? Uh, here in Philadelphia? <laughs> uh, I think that they would probably laugh and giggle okay. and think that I was crazy. Okay. But that's probably about but it. But wouldn't get angry, wouldn't try to run you out of town, would just kind of. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, like, I've had some moments in Philadelphia radio where. I've said some controversial things, but I cannot remember ever anybody wanting to run me out of town. Now, they might not agree with me. It might have called me out my name, called me, you know, everything but a child of God. But outside of that, not run out of town so much. Hey, what was it like to play in Philadelphia? You also played, of course, with the New York Jets. How would you describe the culture of the city of Philadelphia sports-wise for a player? Uh, man, you know, I've been asked this question a lot. Sure. It's hard, it's hard to, to put in words. Philadelphia, to me, when people say, where are you from? I'm from Philadelphia. Like, even though I, I wasn't born here, you know, played here, bled here, sweat here, uh, lived and died with these Eagle fans, it's like I'm from here. It's like home. And even when, you know, I do get those rare moments when people want to run me out of town, I tell them flat out, hey, man, I'm from Philly. You can't, like, you can't, you can't do anything to me that hasn't already been done or even worse than what has been done in Philadelphia because it's just a, this is a tough place to play. If you're not winning, but it's also a great place to play when you're winning. So it's 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 something about this city, man. That's just it's a great place, great great sports town. No question about that. Uh, we wanted full disclosure here. We're doing this interview uh, a couple of weeks before the Eagles play the Falcons in Atlanta. So I would get your perspective here, and hopefully things don't change. Eagles and Falcons. Do you see them both as Super Bowl contending teams? I do, I do. And, and you know what's funny? I see them as mirror images of one another. Potentially high-powered offenses, a lot of questions on defense, especially when it comes to that pass rush. You know, you're talking about Vinnie Curry and you, the guys you have up here. Vic Beasley is another guy down in Atlanta, him and Tack McKinley. A lot of questions being asked about those two guys. So that's going to be the thing on both sides of the ball. Well, both teams, both their defenses are going to have to step up and try to take that next step in order to get it done. Because when you look around the NFC, there's not too many teams that scare you. I know a lot of people talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Do you really see the Dallas Cowboys being a legitimate threat and we don't even know what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott? We've seen Dak Prescott. We've seen that what that looked like without Zeke back there. He doesn't he, I'm not afraid of him. Everybody's talking about the Redskins. Really? No, the Redskins. Talking, they're, they're, they're not talking about the Redskins. The Saints, the Packers, yeah, yeah, the, the Packers, the Rams. The Rams, Ty Gurley's. Yeah. You don't know what's going on with him. The the Saints, uh you you don't know you really don't know what you're gonna get from them because everybody changes every year every team changes every year and so and as you know in the playoffs there's always a new contender a new up and comer so it's it's kind of hard to say but yeah I believe I believe the Falcons and the Eagles are right there. What kind of pressure does Matt Ryan have in Atlanta? Uh, I think he has a lot of pressure. You know whether or not you want to admit it, 28 to three lost in the Super Bowl. That's a big talker. Uh, a lot of talk about whether or not Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. I believe he is. You I do? Believe, I believe, listen, this has been the conversation. If you're going to tell me over the last couple of weeks that Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, that's your <clears> argument, 
then Matt Ryan needs to be in that same conversation in my eyes. Well, I can't I can't speak to how many Pro Bowls Philip Rivers has been in, and that's the only. But if you, but it seems to me that it's like a statistical based. Yes, and it is. And, and we are now in an era, obviously, of, where of, it, of, 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 everything stats is about stats. Is, yeah, because you're talking about. But it's easy to throw for three thousand, four thousand yards. But a year. see, that's not it's not their fault. It's not their fault that that's how much the game has changed. You know, we were talking to Phil Sims a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how the the completion rate for quarterbacks has gone through the roof now. It's it's, it's much higher. Yeah than it was when he played. Because he was saying, like, back in the day, if he got 56% completion rate, that was a great season for him. And then you look at, like, Matt Ryan has thrown for over 4,000 yards. The only quarterback to do it, as a matter of fact, in eight seasons. That's, that's the league. That's the game that we play nowadays. Hmm. They've made it so that offenses can score more points and make it more prolific for the, for, for the uh, people to watch the game. All right, is Donovan McNabb a Hall of Famer? I would say no, and you know why I would say that is because of the era that he played in. He's right on the cusp. Of Man doing went all to that. five NFC championship yeah, agreed, games, one agreed, Super Bowl, agreed, six agreed, Pro Bowls, agreed. But I don't think he's a, a, a Hall of Famer either. I agree, but that, that's what I'm saying. That's that he's on the cusp of that. But but we also know that in that same era, you got to win a Super Bowl. But and not this era. You, why you is this win era excused from that? And, listen, to what I'm saying. If you're if you're using Phillip Rivers as that Super Bowl, if if that's the template, okay, that's the argument that I have for Matt Ryan. But you're right, totally right. Matt Ryan, if if you're considering Phillip Rivers for the Hall of Fame, Matt Ryan should be considered. But if he's going to be a, a bona fide Hall of Famer, hands down, got to win a Super Bowl. I think the guy who screws it all up is Eli Manning because you go, the, all right, well, the, the the numbers are okay, but the Super Bowls are MVP. there, and that's why he. And then not only yeah. that, he beat Tom Brady twice. Yeah, beat him twice. Arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play. Not even. That, there's no argument there. Okay, well, I'm just, okay, I'm yeah. just playing. I'm being PC. Okay, I'm being okay. PC. I'm being PC. <laughs> Listen, but you've you're, really you're right. grown up. You've really grown up. No, I'm, I'm saying you, you have to be, man, because like, like Dave, the same thing you're saying to me is, is their arguments that I've had with other people. And you're right. It shouldn't be this. It should be the same. But when you look at the Hall of Fame criteria, you cannot pinpoint what the criteria is. No. Because it changes Agreed. for every era. And so that, that was the whole basis of my argument is that if we're talking about Phillip Rivers, Hall of Fame quarterback. Phillip Rivers, if, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even know if he's, he's won two playoff games. But his numbers are there. Matt Ryan has similar numbers. And he's been to the Super Bowl. Didn't win it, but he's been there. That, that, that was my argument. Hmm. But it's one of those things where, you look for, for example, we could probably sit here and say Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Yes. Take away that Super Bowl. I can't. You don't take no, you don't no, take it away. It, I, I, no, no, you're right. You can't take it away. But if you take it away, then he's in that same boat as a Matt Ryan, uh, Phillip Rivers. He's in that era, it'll but because be, he won, that's you know that's it'll that's be interesting it. when though when those guys come up, how the voting committee kind of makes the case because there are so many quarterbacks who have such huge numbers in an NFL where you cannot touch the wide receiver Mm-mm. five yards past the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it's never been easier to complete no, passes and have been. touchdowns and have big games and big numbers. It hasn't been. But that that's the world we live in. And and the sad part about it is you look at a guy like Dan Marino, and I'm just going back through like going through the list of quarterbacks who have a one one great quarterback. I would venture to say in this era, probably there would probably be some argument whether or not he should be a Hall of Famer. And that's what I'm saying. You, you, the criteria is different for so many different people. But you, when you have that hard where you have that jewelry, 
then there's no you can't question that. So if Nick Foles has a couple more big years, he's going to the Hall of Fame. I would say, you know, honestly, he would probably be in consideration. Oh my goodness. That's they don't I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. <laughs> okay. But there would be an argument for somebody would make an argument for Nick Foles being a Hall of Famer. Um, and I I guarantee they'd probably come from mostly Philadelphia. I one hundred percent. let's get back to the Eagles here. Uh Deshaun Jackson comes back to the Eagles. You came back to the Eagles. What was it like for you? What are the pressures that Deshaun maybe has to face, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you have time to spend with him here. I mean, he's been great on point, 100%, so into it. What was it like for you coming back to Philly? Oh, it was fun, man. I mean, but it, for me it was a little bit different because I was coming back and I was not – I did not have the pressure that Deshaun Jackson's going to have because people looking at Deshaun Jackson is he's going to be the guy that's going to get you over the hump. Carson Wentz feels the same way. I remember I, I saw a tweet a couple uh, – a couple weeks ago where he was talking about, you know, it was a deep, deep ball to Deshaun Jackson, and he was like, hopefully we can do this a whole lot. People are looking at that, and, and this is the Super Bowl run year. I mean, it's, it's, it's lofty expectations, no question about that. And I'm pretty sure with Deshaun Jackson being back in the city and seeing what the Eagles have been able to do since he hasn't been here, he's hungry for it as well. So that's, that's big. That is big for the city of Philadelphia. I think he appreciates being back in Philly. Yeah, I think he does too. You know, it is something to be said about, you know, the, the controversy that Deshaun had when he was here, yeah. the controversy that he had in Washington and all that other stuff. Hopefully, all that's out of his system, and he's grown to the point where he appreciates the city that has embraced him since day one, come back, you know, and, and just do work, stay out of trouble. And, and, and play some good football. Players grow up, don't they? Like eventually. They, yeah. Eventually, some take longer than others, but yeah, they eventually grow up. Okay, and that's a good thing. When the Eagles play in Atlanta, Mercedes Benz Dome, um, look, we're, we're all looking forward to this game. It's a big one. Uh, it's a great new facility Atlanta has built. Can you tell me, week two, September 15th, what the atmosphere is like in that stadium? I can tell you right now, they have like $2 hot dogs okay. that are really good. So if you're going to the game, Indulging in the $2 hot dogs. Right. And they have all you can drink. So you buy a cup. You get a cup, and you can fill it up as much as you want free refills on the soda. Okay. And the atmosphere, If the, the one thing you'll notice, Spud, when you get there, that the stadium is like an open, open-air stadium. It's like it's a lot of places there where you can, like, congregate and hang out and be real social. That's Atlanta. That's so Atlanta. Is it a is it a definite home field advantage for the Falcons? That's kind of the point. I'm, I don't really you care know, about it hot all, dogs. It all depends on who you ask. Because I have some people that I work with that are diehard Falcons fans. They hate the fact that the fans stroll in at leisure. I would venture if I was if I was a betting man, I would say at the beginning of the game, there would be more Eagles fans in the stadium at the start of the game than there would be Falcons fans. Okay. And the Falcons fans will roll in. And I know a lot of Falcons fans hate that, but it like I said, it's a real social city. And, and people are socializing. You're at the tailgate. You're probably wrapping up the tailgate. You're out there enjoying the, the festivities. And then you're going to the game. Do you make a prediction the week of the game? Yes. And what will it be? What, what, what will it be? How, how are you going to handle this one, Hugh? The birds will fly. Well, because they're both birds. Yes. Yeah, come on, man. Yes. That's give, me how a little, give me a little sneak peek here. I did. I just did. Eagle green, right? There will be, the birds will fly, yeah. and there will be a lot of points scored. You Douglas, birds. Hugh Douglas, PC. <laughs> Hugh Douglas, PC. I'm glad to see you. Hey, good to you look here, great. Man. Thank you, bro. Hugh Douglas here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. We thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great stuff there from Hugh Douglas. Thanks to him for joining us. And uh, I hope he has a good time this weekend.
We all know he's really rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. We thank Doug Peterson. We thank Miles Sanders. We thank you for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Peter Kelly, great job putting it all together. Everyone, make sure you're with us here on Sunday night. We kick it off here with our kickoff show prior to the Eagles-Falcons game. Kickoff time for that game is at 8.20. And uh, we're live after the game, immediately after the game. We'll be live from the Novacare Complex and for all of the press game, uh, post-game reaction, the press conferences inside the locker room from the Mercedes-Benz Dome. So don't miss a minute of our coverage Sunday night, starting with a kickoff show presented by Exulta. Insider Dave Spadaro here saying thanks for joining us, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly.